0: This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by The Windmill. Oh, fuck. Windmills don't make sounds, but if they did, they'd make that sound, I think. Ian Miller. To be more like Ian, spell I-A-I-N, go to Patreon. Search for Joe Marla Show, and Gros Dishaw. I think a windmill would do this. Well, it depends how strong the wind is, Tom. Good.
1: You're listening to The Marley Show. A little bit of me and a little bit more of Joe.
0: Hello there, and welcome to our show. I'm Juliet Mike... And this is Tango Foxtrot. Fuck off. As if I've got to call myself Juliet Mike. I'm not having it. It's Julio Micheli.
1: Tango Foxtrot, he sounds quite a glamorous character. Juliet Mike sounds confused.
0: Tango Foxtrot are both forms of ballroom dancing, aren't they?
1: But you know how much I love ballroom dancing.
0: Or I'm just trying to picture a fox trotting. Foxes never trot, do they? They like either sprint or go really, really like sneakily slow.
1: Sometimes they're quite brazen though, aren't they? If they're out of the bins mm. and they're tucking into something and they just, they couldn't make it clearer. They don't give a shit that you're looking at your bins going, why is there a fox by my bins? They'll stare you out sometimes. Might have a bit of chicken in their mouth. Whatever it is, they'll stare you out. Yeah? What are you going to make of it? Just eating your bin.
0: Why did they kill my chickens and not eat them? they so like, they just massacred my four chickens. Like, There was a head there. There was half a body there.
1: Trying to send you a message. That's what they're doing. They're sending you a message. Oh, the the old
0: fox gangs. They're like, oh, we're coming for you, Your helmet.
1: <laughs> Could you take on a fox, do you
0: think? Uh, They've got quite sharp teeth, haven't they? And they're quite quick.
1: Mm. Quick low? Have I got any tools? You're both naked. We're naked? You're naked. The fox is naked. You're allowed some sort of rudimentary wrapping around your genitalia so that you're not exposed for the fox's teeth. Like a sumo. You're allowed a sumo wrestler's gusset. Oh,
0: tough one. I just think he'd outwit me and be too quick and i'd end up just being mesmerized by his tail you know like tails in sonic the hedgehog mm. is he a fox
1: believe so was he a squirrel
0: no he's a fox we call him a fox for this story he's always made me think that foxes are cute and shouldn't be killed or culled until they obviously massacred my chickens and then i wanted to fucking get hold of him and say look you nasty piece of shit Anyway, um, what's new with you, Tom? Come
1: on, talk to if, me. You haven't given me an answer yet, have you? You versus Fox. Marla versus I'm Fox. I'm losing to the Fox.
0: He's too quick, and his shit smells so hard. Doesn't he have a funny name, Fox poo?
1: But it's called Fox Shit.
0: What's funny about that?
1: Isn't it got one of those strange names? They call it Scat, or something like that, or am I thinking something Scat?
0: Else? No, that's, yeah.
1: Scat's just a general word for
0: poo, isn't it? Cause you get, is not it it? Like, it's not specific to love the Fox there's for, someone's told me about this before there's people out there called scat lovers where they enjoy people uh pooing on other people
1: um i've just found a very useful link here joe from the wildlife trust um which helps you identify an animal from the poo um let me just scroll down here at foxes foxes produce dog-like droppings that are usually pointy at one end and full of fur feathers tiny bones seeds and berries In rural areas, fox poo is quite dark, but in urban areas where foxes eat human food waste, it can be lighter. Fresh droppings have a distinctively musky or, quote, foxy smell. So what they're they're saying here is that a fox poo smells of fox. You have
0: taken our shit chat to another level this week, Thomas, and I have to admit, I love it.
1: It's funny you should mention shit, Joe, because our guest today, very interesting, but I may find myself wanting to shout bullshit at several points, Joe, because our guest today claims they can speak to dead people.
0: But why, in fact, let's explore that. Why does someone say, oh, that's bullshit, if they think someone's lying? What's the matter with bullshit? Exactly. What is so bad about the shit of a bull? Oh, that's such bull. That's such bullshit. No, what's such bull...
1: Why? What's the matter with bullshit? Is a bullshit different to a cow poo? Like, does it... Do you know what I mean? Because we all understand what a cow pat looks like. We're very familiar with cow pats. Ruin every walk you ever do in the country. But would a bull do a different one? Just because it's the male of the species? Maybe we should start changing the language we use.
0: Maybe if you say a lie, Tom, so just say a lie for me.
1: Um, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but I won the Olympic 100 metre title in Barcelona in 1992.
0: I smell cow pat. That's nice, you see. Yeah, it is nice, but it doesn't have the same sort of effect of, I smell bullshit, does it? Why? We need to get to the bottom of this. If we can have any answers in the next episode from any of the listeners, please. Before the next episode, I would like some answers from listeners about why bullshit is called bullshit.
1: I do. I've just thought of another one, though. Horseshit. That's horse shit, man.
0: Oh, yeah. what and, and or horse shit. Very good, Tom. What is wrong with bull and horse shit? Anyway, why are you such a sceptic about our next guest? What, what's the matter with you?
1: The reason that I'm a sceptic in a sentence, Joe, is that I don't believe you can speak to dead people. Have you ever
0: spoken to a dead person?
1: Yes, but not in the way that you think. In the, right, you know, hang on. Like, hang on. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa,
1: Go on, talk me through that. Well, the, the dead person in question was a grandparent and they were in their casket and my mum said, do you want to say goodbye to grandpa? So I did. So I did speak to the dead person. Unlike the ones that the medium speaks to, there was no audible response from my grandpa. But I did speak to him.
0: (laughs) Bloody hell. (laughs) Do you believe in it, Joe? Where are you on this? There's a big part of me that would like it to be true. I mean, imagine just for the sake of this show, Tom, that if we could get hold of dead people as well. And the jobs that they used to do. Oh my
1: God, what a series that would be. Oh my God, that'd be incredible. Our guest this week is Admiral Horatio Nelson. Why would we get him on? Not bothered, you wouldn't want to speak
0: to Admiral Nelson. Lord Nelson, you wouldn't speak to Nelson. No, there's only one Nelson I want to talk to, mate.
1: That's true. What if that Nelson would come on the show?
0: 100%. Oh my God, the thought of it now. Oh God, I wouldn't say that. I, wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't do my voice to him either. Oh, what about at the end? Does you do it at the end? Yeah, when he's left, well, oh, that was so good to have Nelson on the show. Am I? Am I a believer? I'm not a believer, but I'm not a non-believer, which kind of is sit on the fence sort of shit. But I'm a little bit more open-minded about it than you seem to be, Tom. That's a good thing, right? You sent me a picture today, drinking your morning cup of coffee, or morning cup of tea, or morning whatever the beverage it was, it was out of a mug that seemed to have my mug on it. Why have you got a mug with my
1: mug on it? The reason, Joe, I was drinking from a mug featuring your mug is that our Patreon subscribers will be getting these soon. So I thought I'd test one out, and do you know what? It made an excellent drinking vessel. What's the difference between a mug and a cup? I don't know, but because I'm a man, I'm going to hazard a guess as if I know... A mug, Joe, is a larger vessel. A cup is a generic term for all drinking vessels that aren't glasses.
0: No, I would say that a drinking vessel is for any sort of drinking vessel. I would say that a cup yeah. is thinner. Smaller, maybe? And maybe a little bit smaller and more open. So more sha- so more shallow. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas a mug seems to be a standard sort of size, doesn't it? the board with a thicker wall to
1: it now the person who's written this article claims to be an experienced customer success and digital marketing strategist which is a totally made-up job so i don't know if we can trust what they say the differences here between a mug and a cup both mug and cup are types of drinkware what's drinkware used for consuming beverages though mug is bigger and thicker than a cup one point marla. all over the world it is tea that is drunk from cups while mugs are usually reserved for coffee and chocolate, not in my house. Both are made from ceramic materials, though they are also available in metallic and glass versions too. There are mugs without handles, while cups always have a handle on the side. A mug without a handle? How do you hold it? You just grip it. Oh, yeah. If I'm coming round to your house and you offer me a beverage and I say, cup of tea, please, Joe, are you serving it to me in a mug or in a cup? It will be in a
0: mug. We've only got mugs. Would I make you a tea? Yeah, I would. I would make you a tea. I'd boil the kettle. I'd put the tea bag in. I'd put the milk in. And then... Because I let that ferment a little bit. And then I put the hot water in. I don't put it directly on the tea bag because I don't want it to burn the leaves. So I put it on the the edge around it. And then... I'll let it stew for a little bit. I'll get it in a circular motion. I'll ask if you want sugar. You'll say,
1: "Not for me, thanks, Joe. I'm sweet enough
0: as it is." And then I won't put any sugar in it because you've said that horrible, cheesy line to me. And I <laughs> will leave it for about ninety seconds, possibly two minutes. And then I squeeze the tea bag out. Yes. As in, yes. I squeeze every last drop out of it just to make it a little bit, a little bit stronger. And then I'll, I'll bung the tea bag. More often than not, I bung the tea bag in the sink. What? I don't know why, because I've still got to put it in the bin, but I just fuck it off in the sink for some reason.
1: Well, thank you, Joe. Shall we have some messages from our listeners? Here is one from Chris, and it's a question, Joe. If you woke up with a pair of breasts, what would you do? Are they mine? Chris doesn't specify, so I imagine you probably have, bearing in mind that you've got a number of children. Mm. There have been occasions in the past where you have woken up with a pair of breasts. They just belong to your wife, Daisy.
0: Yep. Where are my breasts? Are they in the normal breast place, or are they on my head,
1: or... We'll say, without wanting to speak for Chris, I'm going to say that they have replaced your pecs.
0: Okay, and I've woken up with them. What am I doing? I'm waking up and going, fuck, that's... Fucking hell, what is... What is these? What is these? And then I'm turning to Daisy, I'm going, Daisy, have a look at these. And she's like, fucking hell, what are they? That's how I'm imagining it going. And then uh, I'm going bra shopping. That's what I'm doing. You keep them. Like, I've got a small pair of boobs on me now, as my son reminds me on a daily basis. He's like, oh, daddy, (laughs) look at your boobies. And I'm like, like, yeah, they're they're pecs, actually. He's like, they're not pecs. They're way too flabby to be pecs. I'm like, all right, mate. (laughs) We'll see what you look like at 30, having played 12 years of rugby, shall we?
1: What would James Haskells be like?
0: Like, hard rock hard as if like implants have gone like, rather than having silicon implanted or the the, the
1: silicon's gone hard What about ben young's
0: i think he'd have a nice pair actually it's funny you should bring his his pair into it because for his hundredth cap i uh was tasked with the job of getting some congratulations videos sorted so i did the usual ones ex players he played with his parents, his family, etc, etc. And I was desperate to try and get a, th- a few you know left field ones in there, so I went after Delia Smith because he's a big Norwich, of course big, shitty fan, and unfortunately I failed on that task. I was gutted. Imagine Delia Smith just go, "Hello, Ben, Just want to wish you uh, congratulations on your hundredth cap for England." But I couldn't get it. So instead, I managed to get Brian from Afterlife,
1: mm.
0: the Rickage Gervais series. He's the hoarder, Brian the hoarder. He's actually an actor called David Earl, but Brian the character. And I got him to do it in character. And he's like, hmm, hello, Ben. I've just Googled you. Um, got a lovely set of pecs, Lovely set of pecs, lovely, lovely set of lats. Congratulations. On hundred caps, and then he breathed really heavy for the next thirty seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah, lovely set of pecs, actually. So yeah, he he actually has got a lovely set of pecs already, and that's not the greatest name I got. I managed to get David Hasselhoff to Did congratulate you? <laughs> Ben Youngs on his hundredth
1: cap. Just give me that message now, as Hasselhoff, please.
0: Hey ben young's congratulations i understand it is your hundredth match for england and also you're in with a chance of of winning the championship the whole the whole thing um which is awesome and so congratulations on that and i will see you very soon cheers and it's got the backdrop of this incredible mansion with like a waterfall and he's he's got a pristine white shirt on and it's buttoned down to like his belly button and all his chest and he's still he's a fantastic looking human to be honest have you still got a
1: contact number for him
0: why do you want to speak to him have you got a happy birthday message it'll cost you an arm and a leg mate do you think he'd come on the show Joe, as a guest the Hoff? i would almost certainly say not a fucking chance (laughs) um but shall we shall we try and get him on the show let's just try and get him on the show perfect can't wait for that
1: Another listener message, Joe. This one from James Dean. Would it be a good thing if dogs were scaled up to at least horsey size? I.e., a Chihuahua is a Shetland, and they scale up from there. I'm not having dogs scaled up to horse size because
0: imagine that. Like, horse poos are ginormous, but at least they don't stink or they're just hay, aren't they? They're not, they're not, they're not bad at all. But a dog turd, the size oh of a horse turd. I'm not oh. having it, mate. You imagine the oh. hooping in that. It's like, oh, God. Oh, God, where are you putting it all? Nah, not having it. Not not having it at all.
1: Sorry, James, that is bad. Let's wrap that one up for me, Joe. Um, before we get our guest on, a shout out to Julie, who we both know as Halfpint, one of our patrons, subscribers, who has been on duty at Windsor Castle all week for Prince Philip's funeral.
0: Nice one, Halfpint. Well done, half pint. We've somehow managed to talk nonsense for far too long so before we get a guest on we've actually got to throw in the ad breaks now so we'll get a guest on after that shall we tom perfect on joe marler's
1: show Now so it's time to thank our official sponsors on Patreon, including the awesome Orson Stadler. The
0: Rollerball Becky Dyson
1: The Black Belt
0: That's James Blackman Greg Kaka The Eagle Edwards
1: The Zimmerman That's Philip Hans Zimmer Our only Dutch listener Melch Alowe Tristan Bull That's Tristan Hall Double D-double-B Daniel Beers-Baker and, open quote marks, incredibly normal, close quote marks, Bob Hope. To be more like Bob, Daniel, Tristan, Melch, Philip, Greg, James, Becky and Orson, go to Patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show and grow the show. Our guest today says she can communicate with dead people.
0: Her name is Louise and she's a very fucking, I can't even say that word, <laughs> evidential medium. Oh, I've cocked it up when I was through it. I'll go again. Ready. Her name is Louise and she's an evidential. Have I said that right?
2: Yes, you have. Okay, fuck it. Go back. No, you don't want. Well. Yeah, thanks.
0: Our guest today says she can communicate with dead people. Her name is Louise and she's an evidential
1: medium.
2: Hello, Louise. Hello, Joe.
1: Hey Louise, how are you?
2: Oh Tom, did I... <laughs>
1: I know, you can forget I'm here because Joe's taken so <laughs> long to sorry. get through his introduction, Louise. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs>
2: That's okay,
0: not a problem. So, so what, what's the difference between... Are you a psychic or are you a medium?
2: I would say I'm a medium.
0: So what is the difference between a medium and a psychic then?
2: Imagine that you've got energy around you, you've got like an auric field, which if you stretch out your hands in front of you and you bring your hands towards you, you can feel energy... A psychic can tune into that energy so they can pick up things about your life, about the the past, the present, the future. And they can also pick up atmospheres and feelings in places and things like that. But a medium is called a medium because the people on the Earth plane have to higher their vibration to connect with the spirit world and the spirit world have to lower their vibration to connect with us. That's why a medium is called a medium, because you sort of have to meet in
1: the middle. Joe, this is an interesting one for us, isn't it? Because we have different guests on from different walks of life, and we're lucky that all our guests are interesting. But this is an interesting one for me to do, because I'm naturally quite sceptical about all this stuff.
0: Mm. Tom, if you overstep the mark, you know, I might have to interject. You know, don't go too heavy on the scepticism, please.
1: I understand your rules, Joe, and I accept them. Okay.
0: So is it this point where you're going to say, this is complete bullshit, I'm leaving?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You must get this a lot though, Louise, do you? Because there are some people who believe fully in what you're doing and there's some people who might say it's exploitative or it's just totally made up.
2: Yes. The thing is, no opinion is wrong, is it really? It's it's whatever people believe in. It's not my job to convert people but i just give people what what i get and what i genuinely get i don't make it up i'm not a predictor or charlatan you know i don't profess to dictate people's future or to to say this is going to happen tomorrow but i've just naturally always had a gift since i was a little girl and it is a gift you know not everyone has it not everyone is born with it but i i've always been aware of it and when i was a kid i I used to hear people at night talking they used to wake me up and i thought i was going mad i was very very scared with it for a long time, and I, I didn't always like it myself. So I completely, uh, the skeptics are great because they ask questions, and and everybody should have questions, you know. I welcome it. Yeah,
0: the skeptics would definitely turn around and say, "Well, that was obviously your parents in the next room that you heard say." Well that's
2: what my mum. That's what my <laughs> mum used to say to me. She did honestly.
0: She'd be like, "Louise, was- it's us. We'll we'll try and whisper a little," and you're like, "No, it's not you. It's some. It's it's Sarah that has." come and met me like
2: yeah it was a completely different voice though I knew I knew it wasn't my mum my dad but they were trying to tell me it was their next door neighbours but why the hell would the neighbours be talking about me in the middle of the night saying Louise <laughs> they, they used to say my name and wake me up and I've never been so scared in the whole of my life because it sounded like the voice was in the room before you know you say to me how do you know you're not going mad or how do you know you're not mad I know I'm not
0: I'm, I'm, I'm afraid Louise that's exactly what mad people say
2: yeah well, I they can say I they're not that. mad.
0: That's the first I say that to myself every single day, and yet I have ninety nine per cent of the people in my life saying that I'm really mad. And yet I'm like, yeah, but I'm not mad. <laughs> I
2: think... <laughs> well I am mad, but in different ways. In you a know, good I'm way. Not... Yeah.
1: How would this work, Louise? If Joe wanted a re- is it a reading you'd call it? Yeah.
2: yeah. If Joe
1: wanted a reading, how would it work?
2: Well, before this lockdown stuff started, I would see people face to face and they would come to my house and I would just link with their energy, with the the person who I was reading for and with the spirit world and just bring people through to have a chat, really. I like to put it as simply as that. It's a three-way conversation.
1: See, I, it's difficult, this one, because let's say, Joe, someone comes round your house and they do a job. Like, it might be some, someone comes round and they might do the drains or they might fix the washing machine or they might clean yeah. your car, whatever it is, they might do your garden. You've got a Gardener Joe, haven't you?
0: but oh, what about that little sly dig from you there on the end? You couldn't help yourself, could you? You've got a Gardener Joe. That, oh, yes, I do have a Gardener Tom, but I could also do it myself. But I'm just, I'm not very good at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with having a Gardener Joe, particularly <laughs> when you get your leaf blower and fill it with flour and antique him <laughs> when he's not looking. <laughs> But when your garden has been Joe, you can look at the f- the garden and you can see how much work he's done. So Louise, how does your your sort of pricing strategy work? If you're doing this reading with Joe, do you charge on the number or just how long you're there for, or how many people that you bring through to speak to Joe, or the level of insight they offer?
2: It's just a time. It's just a time level. Really, I just charge for an hour.
1: Does it have to be face to face? Do you have to no, pick up I on do it those on the energies phone at the moment? What do we mean by energy, Louise?
2: Well, energy is all around us. Everything has its own energy field. Um, The microphone that we're, you know, the mics that we're talking into now, the sofa that I'm sitting on, everything has an energy field um, because it all has its own history. And you you can tap into that energy. And it's like a collective consciousness. It's, you know, we all have our minds and our brains, and it's all part of the energy, but our mind, really, is more than just our brain. It it, it extends out into the universe, into the consciousness, and it's a great big vortex of different things. But we can all tap into it without even realising it. You know, we're all very aware of atmospheres and how people are feeling, and you walk into a room and you know if someone's happy or unhappy. That That's energy. And when I do phone readings, I can pick up an energy over the phone. So it's energy in the voice. You either have that ability to connect or you don't but it's all about quantum physics you know everything's made of atoms and molecules and mediumship has a scientific aspect to it as well so
0: That, that part that you mentioned about things having a history and then Um, you tap into that. So that resonates with me. I I used to have some close friends that lived in um, this massive house. And we'd go around there for weekends or parties or that because they had the big house. Most things were held there. But the older we got, the more I noticed that every time there'd be a party or a gathering, something bad would happen. There'd be an argument. There'd be a fight. There'd be something, just a drama. And I I thought I, I just excused it as, well, that's just because we're a group of dysfunctional people that are bound to cock things up whenever we put booms yeah, yeah. down our throats, and you know, that's yeah, I was going to say
2: was there drink involved? Yeah, yeah, there
0: was always drink yeah. involved, but it, yeah, it, it was. I don't know. It was, it was more there was a weird feeling about the place anyway. The, um okay. the lady's house. It was. She was also into mediums readings, and she'd go to like the the bigger not concert versions, but like the bigger readings that they used to hold and stuff like that yeah. and she and she used to get or she did get someone around to feel the energy of the house particularly in the lounge and the conservatory area where most of the drama would happen and I was always like oh this is bollocks this is absolute bollocks there's no way anything is related we just get pissed and things happen anyway th- this medium had come around and I know I, c- I can tell I I've, I can already hear Tom's answer <laughs> to this in my head. <laughs> I can hear it, but bear with me, Tom, please. They turned around and said that the conservatory, they were getting bad energy, particularly around the conservatory and the living area, and it was actually built on a cemetery from such and such years ago, and this was a thing, and they were doing bits and bobs to try and expel that energy and, and get rid of it. And that kind of then put two and two together, like, yeah, all the fucking drama happens in this room, and it's because of this ancient... Burial ground that we've built it on. So when you say things do have a history, and Tom the skeptic is going, oh, just grow up, Joe. Whatever. Stop." But <laughs> I can I can sense it in you, Tom. But that resonates
2: with me. You know, people talk about ghosts and things like that. Everything has has a blueprint, and I think ghosts are when something is stuck. You know, you know when you sort of see somebody like the grey lady, or you know when people say, "Oh, I saw a lady in white walking." past that door like five times or 20 times or something it's because that memory is stuck there it's a memory that just relives and replays itself like a you know a reel of film that just keeps flashing in front of your eyes
0: tom have you had any experience with a ghost have you seen a ghost (laughs) have you been i'm serious have there been moments in your skeptical mind i know but have there been moments when you go shit? Leon. I,
2: I don't think Tom's as skeptical as he thinks, as we, as you think
1: he is. I think we can convert him. <laughs>
2: yeah, do you think? <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you know what I've been doing, Joe? Because because it's such an interesting topic. I've been doing some reading before we before this podcast about what different cultures believe happens either after death or between death and, and an afterlife or not. I don't know which ones of these you like, Joe. So there's obviously the idea of reincarnation. That's in Buddhism and Hinduism, Sikhism, Jainism.
2: That's coming back as animals and things, isn't it? That's right,
1: yeah.
0: Sorry, did you say Jainism?
1: Yeah. What's Jainism? Jainism is a religion in India, I think. I don't know much about Jainism.
0: Could. We nearly stumped him there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joe, would you. I'm going to give you two different setups here, Joe, and I'd like to know which of these two setups you would prefer. Okay, so there's the ancient Greek idea that when you die, you go to Hades, which is sort of hell, but not a terrible place.
2: The underworld. It's
1: the underworld. You get taken yeah. there by Hermes. So yeah. Hermes is the messenger of the god, not the delivery van who drops some stuff off at your house. That
0: is really weird because I've, I am, shit you not, I bet my eyebrows, I've literally <laughs> had an email. Your next parcel
1: is now with your local Hermes courier for delivery. Is that a sign, Joe? So Hermes was the messenger of the gods. He would take your soul to the River Styx. So the River Styx is, is the dividing line between life and the afterlife. And then the ferryman would take you across the river.
2: Don't pay the ferryman. That's a Christa Berg song. Isn't it?
1: Exactly.
0: If I didn't pay that ferryman, would I just be lost in purgatory or like... I don't
1: know. I don't know if we could maybe text Christa Berg and find out.
2: Yeah. I think some people do think of it as limbo, don't
1: they? Mm. So the other scenario I'm going to give you, Joe, here is the ancient Norse one. So if you were a warrior who died in battle, and for the purposes of this, we'll say that as an inland rugby player who's been carried off the pitch, you qualify as a warrior who died in battle. Half of them went to Valhalla. The other half go with the goddess Freya to a great meadow. Would you rather go to, to the hall or the meadow, Joe? Uh, does it stipulate what sort of weather conditions?
2: You might get hay fever and you might sneeze and it wouldn't be any good, would it?
0: That's what I mean. The meadow sounds great if it's in the summer and stuff like that, but you've got hay fever issues. If it's not in the summer, then you've got no shelter and it, and grass tends to be quite itchy and shit. So I would actually take my chances in the hall of Is it Valhalla. Valhalla, yeah. I would take my chances in the hall of Valhalla and hope that it is very similar to the Valhalla ride in Blackpool Amusement Park, um, which was really, really good fun and quite like what I picture Valhalla being. Um, and the previous one, do I want to go meet Hades? I mean, I picture him being quite dark and grey and blue coloured with like fiery hair.
1: Hades is more the place. It's more the place. Oh,
0: Hades is a place. It's
1: not yeah, a so present. Hermes is the messenger who takes you to the River Styx, which divides... The afterlife, the afterworld. From Hermes
2: has got wings, hasn't he? He's the winged messenger.
0: That's the one. Yeah. Oh fuck it! I've I've really balls this up. I don't want to go back to Greece, and I don't want to go to Hades. I want to go to Valhalla because that just sounds like I'd be.
1: I'm a warrior. I'm
0: a Norse warrior with a beard and an axe.
1: And we just fight and drink mead all day. Well, you
2: might get a drink in Valhalla, I was going to say that, so it might be more fun to go there.
1: It sounds a bit like um, a beer hall in Munich, doesn't it? In my head, that's what Valhalla is.
2: Like a beer festival thing. When I
1: die, I want to go to Oktoberfest.
0: That is exactly how we want it to be. Do you
2: have to wear lederhosen in in Valhalla?
0: I'm almost (laughs) certainly happy to wear that as well. Hang on, Tom, I've got an update. Here we go, Jainism is an ancient Greek religion from India that teaches that the way to liberation and bliss is to live lives of harmlessness and renounce, renunciation. The essence of Jainism is concern for the welfare of every being in the universe and for the health
1: of the universe itself.
2: Oh, my God. Jainism that Sounds a bit sounds... like Buddhism, though, doesn't it? Yeah, but it
1: sounds wonderful. Got... Are they vegetarians, Joe? I've got a feeling Jain- Jainism is... <laughs> you have to be a vegetarian as part of that.
0: Well, by the sounds of it, if they're welfare of every being in the universe, Tom, I'd I'd probably put quite a bit of money on them being veggies. Yeah, <laughs> maybe even vegans. <laughs>
1: I'm going um, to give you two more options, Joe. Just what we're talking about after I See what you think about these. So, Louise, you mentioned limbo. So there was this idea in the Middle Ages of limbo as a place. So if you were an innocent soul, so you hadn't been baptized, so you, you hadn't been brought into the Christian church or... Get this you've been born before Jesus Christ uh, was supposed to have arrived then you would go to a place called limbo now it's, it's not heaven and it's not hell it's just sort of okay it's pleasant without being ecstatic like heaven
2: in between place yeah. so
1: earth you've just described earth like it's not heaven and
0: it's not hell but there's loads of really good moments and there's loads of really shit moments so you've just described earth tom mm. would you fancy a bit of limbo joe well, if it's Earth, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's limbo, like in Inception, where um, oh the Grand Master he gets like lost in limbo and he gets really old. Um, if that's the limbo and he repeats the same day every day for the rest of his life, ah, oh, I'm not doing that. Or if it's like Lost, did you ever get into Lost? Tom, the, no, I didn't. I didn't. It. I
1: missed out at the start, and I just couldn't catch yeah, up. and it was
0: really, really gripping to begin with. This plane crashes and stuff like that, and then you go four, or five seasons deep into it, and it turns out that it was just all a massive metaphor for being stuck in purgatory. And I was like, oh fuck, I've committed a long time to these things just for it to be like that. That's a bad. That's a bad ending. I'm happy to. I don't want to go to heaven because. I don't know. I don't think I'd be allowed in, seeing as I'm not a believer, and I've probably done more bad than good in my life. So I'm probably more suited to hell. But I don't really like getting really hot. I like being cold. So I would like to go to a
1: hell, but that's been frozen over, or the the section of hell that's painful, but it's cold and a nice, cold, like a bracing winter's day. So you're not you're not freezing your tits off. You just it's just fresh. <laughs> yeah, like that.
2: Yeah, when you go out and you're nicely wrapped up and you walk, it's cold, but you're warm because you've got your coat on. So it's
0: like, yeah. Yeah, and like a long jacket, but you've also got shorts on because in case it does get too hot and sweaty in the jacket,
2: you can take your coat off. You
0: can waft it and air about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to definitely choose that one. Tom, you always seem to take us on a bit of a tangent. So I'm going to carry on with the tangents and I want to talk about um, Ouija or Ouija boards, are they real? Is that something you've taken part in or know much about?
2: I was always very scared of that because you have to be so careful with it and I would say not to mess around with it because it's usually lower level spirits that haven't found a place where they're going to or stuck in a really low level that come through to have a laugh and cause mischief and and it's not always a good thing. I wouldn't mess around with it because you don't know who's going to come through.
0: Right, I'll I'll steer clear then. Unless, of course, my friend Tom, next time we meet up for our face-to-face pub recording, fancies taking part in one.
1: I want to check something before I give you an answer, Joe. Louise, when you talk about lower-level spirits, what do you mean?
2: People that sort of haven't accepted that they've crossed over or people that have done a lot of wrong in their life and that are stuck at a certain sort of level and, and can't move on or haven't found their place or their frequency yet or... There's, there's lots of different levels, apparently, in the spirit world. And they call them the grey places in some spiritual books.
0: Why do people actually come and see you? What is it to get closure? Is it because yes. they want to make contact with them? Is it because some people actually want to be in constant dialogue with the people that they've lost all the time? But surely that can't be healthy because you're never, you're never moving no. on or you're never... Being able to get on with your life if you You've got to have
2: you... a balance. I mean it's okay to chat to them and talk to them within your own head or within your own time, but you you know, you've still got to get on with your with your life as well. You've got to have that mix. So but people come for all those reasons. Yeah, for closure, for comfort. Most people want to know that their relatives are okay and that they passed on okay and that someone has met them and that they're with the people that they want to be with and all all that sort of thing. So
1: when you hear the voices, Louise, do the, does the voice always sound the same or does it? Is it the voice of the person when they were alive in terms of the depth of their voice and the timbre?
2: Well, I don't always hear voices. I mean, that's a very, very rare part of mediumship. It's called clairaudience and it means clear hearing. I tend to get thoughts coming into your mind, like an audible thought. So it's not the voice as such. It's more like a just a knowing or a an understanding really so it, it, it some some people do do hear very clearly i know there's a very famous medium called doris Stokes, who you you may have heard of she had pure clairaudience and she t- used to hear all the time but it's a it's, it's a very insightful question and i like the word you said timbre because you know it, yeah it i'm is, so
0: glad i've been i've been sitting <laughs> on it ever since you, and i didn't want to interrupt you because i wanted you to give the proper answers, but I need clarification on these words because Tom comes out with all these fucking <laughs> words and I I love it. So say it again. It's timbre. Timbre. Tom, timbre. A
1: timbre.
0: Oh, okay. So that that's another one I really like. A mollify that you taught me the other day was good. I've used that a couple of times actually. I've been like, oh, so you want to try and mollify this situation? <laughs> and they're like, pardon? I was like, you know, you don't want to amplify it. You want to mollify it. They're like, I don't know if you're using that in the right context. I was like, I don't care. It sounds good, though, doesn't it? it sounds <laughs> you know, I sound really intelligent saying it out loud like that. Um, Louise, do you, in any readings, do you tell the truth? Oh, I hate to sound like you're in the court. Do you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Or, so help me God? Or is there some details that come through to you that you you hold back because you think it's too graphic or too too upsetting for the person that you're reading?
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to use your discretion and the, and your integrity. And I once had somebody, somebody's husband came through, and he said, "Oh, she 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 was miserable." You know, she was miserable, or whatever. And you can't you can't say that to the wife, can you? You can't say he's saying this. Somebody... <laughs> I'm just
0: picturing, I'm just picturing uh, Tom. Let's say uh, you've passed uh, or passed over, and Murph's gone for a reading. And Murph's like, okay, and then Tom's made um, a connection with you, Louise. And Murph's like, oh, I just want to hear from him. I want to, you know, hear how he's doing or, you know, does he miss me as much as I miss him? And uh, Tom turns around and tells you to tell Murph, his wife, tell her she was a miserable old bat that I didn't actually <laughs> really enjoy spending any time with. And then you go, oh, fuck, what do I do with that then? Um, She says she misses you as well, Tom. um and that she hopes you're okay and your voice you've got to make sure that your voice doesn't go so high pitched that they go are you lying to me i know
2: (laughs) that's the thing sometimes you do have to edit things out it's not that i'm not being truthful it's just you have to they're already upset you know why why would you dig the knife in even deeper i don't know you just have to use your discretion really don't you
1: would you just be honest with them would you badger me from the afterlife um
0: Almost certainly, you're definitely on my list. There's been too many uh, betrayals of our trust over our time that means uh, some form of wind-up would have to come your way. It would be like door creaks occasionally or like a little foot tickle at the bottom of a bed. I'd quite Uh, enjoy that. You'd quite enjoy that fight. Yeah, but I'd, I'd lure you in. I'd lure you in. Oh, you know, this is quite pleasant. And then... Ow. I'd i'd jump out the fridge at you when you went to get some milk and i'd make sure like in ghost oh you know when he learns to push the coin yeah it's like, you know, that energy to learn to push the coin i'd do that but i'd learn to chuck milk over you but it would it wouldn't be it would be it wouldn't be hatred or something like that it would just be more that i was bored in limbo or <laughs> purgatory or the middle ground where wherever i'm stuck and that I was just trying to feel some time. But you'd, you'd definitely be on my list, I'm afraid, Tom. But it would come from a loving place, not a place of hate.
1: No, that's good. That's I feel better about that now. Hey, Louise, there's something I've, I'm wondering when we're talking about this. Yeah. When you're contacting someone, does it always have to be someone that the person having the reading has known personally? Or let's say Joe was doing, because Joe is a big fan of Nelson Mandela and what he, what he did oh. how he did. Sp- <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> you couldn't <laughs>
1: help yourself. You... Uh, <laughs> Like I've said before, all roads lead back to Mandela. (laughs) I'm sorry, but go. So Louise, Joe would love to speak to Nelson Mandela. Is it possible to speak to a famous person that you don't personally know?
2: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's not. It doesn't have to be your mum or dad, or. But it depends on you know. It's it's whether that person wants to come through as well. You can't always summon them to order. You can't always demand them to come through. But if if they know. That you want to speak to them then if you if you send that thought out then thoughts are are powerful living things and that energy will go out to that person
0: there is not a chance that nelson mandela aka madiba is gonna make contact with me or you if i come to you lou and i say louise i want to make connection with nelson and you go, okay, I'll oh, try my hardest, here we go. There's not. he's got fucking millions of people before he gets to me.
2: Well that's what I think about famous people as well. I often think, Why should you know, why would they want to come to me anyway so that I connect <laughs> you with them? why would they? They didn't even know me from Adam anyway, so why would they?
0: Tom, I like I like the thought of actually connecting with but I don't need to because I can do it um <laughs> yeah. whenever I want. You know? I can go, Nelson, how are you? <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hi, <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Oh. And then if you want, and I go, Nelson, can you? Do you mind communicating with my friend to, or colleague slash friend on occasion if he <laughs> hasn't broken our trust? Um, with Tom, and I go, hello, Tom. Just to warn you, I am on Joe's side, and I will be chucking milk in your face next time you open the fridge on Joe's request. So I can do that anytime. Thank
2: you. Well, of course you can.
0: Um, Louise, what about, I, I feel marginally stupid, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I'll ask it. one of the biggest losses in my life was my first dog was Rufio. And oh my God, what I'd give,
1: what I'd give to speak to Rufio. The thing about Rufio, like Joe, nothing would give me greater pleasure for, than for you and Rufio to have one more walk together. Oh, well, here we go. But I have got to ask this question. But I knew the but was coming. I knew it. And you couldn't communicate with Rufio properly even when he was alive. So, how can you communicate with Rufio?
0: How do you know that? You don't know how tight me and Rufio were.
1: How would you communicate with Rufio when he was alive?
0: Oh, you fucking do this to me, you bastard. Well, I'd be like, ooh, no, you're, making, you're embarrassing me. I'd be like, ooh, Rufio, ah. Oh. <laughs> Oh hello, my boy. How you doing? You know what I mean? Oh, and scratch. He had massive ears. I'd always like oh, flap his ears. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, do you lovely. And he'd do, he'd do speak. So he'd bark at the command of speak. Obviously, that's not his. But he. Oh, oh, oh. And the older he got, he he'd less of a bark. I think he got lazier. Um, he'd just go like, and I'm like, okay, fine. You could still have a little treat. It's a bit like Dory finding Dory. Yes. Uh when she communicates with uh the whale or in finding Nemo, she communicates with she says, Oh, I can speak whale And uh Marlon the clownfish is like, it's ridiculous, you're you're a fish, you can't speak and she go, Oh you how are you doing? Tell us where you're from <laughs> And that he understands her. So maybe I'd do that with Rufio actually, Tom, I'd go Hello, <laughs> Zippy, I love you so much. And he'd go, I love you too. And, uh, I can't believe you've got me hook, line
1: and sinker and made me do that, but uh I've
0: done it anyway. Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> Please, you made me do that.
1: It's a nice idea, Joe, that maybe where you and Ruth Ray might end up one day. So there's a pagan religion called Wicca. What, like the Wicker Man? Yeah, a little bit. So they believe, Joe, that when you die, you go to somewhere called... The Summerland.
2: That's what they call the spirit world as well in some place, eh? the Summerland, yeah. It's
1: a nice name. Is it summer all year round? It sounds slightly like the name for an amusement park at Great Yama, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> Summerland?
1: Yeah, you'd go down the seafront and pop into Summerland and play the slot machines or something. I'd happily spend all my time in Summerland, if I'm honest. But,
0: I mean, can, can, do you think other ghosts that have passed, can they talk to other ghosts? Are they lonely? Have they got company? Do you know what I mean? If, if my wife died and then I died... Oh, fuck me, I've come really dark here, haven't I? Say we both died, would we then, like, still have company?
2: Yeah, in... well, the proper term is ghosts and more people that are stuck in a certain place. When we pass on or pass over, we're spirits. Right. And I believe that if if you want to meet somebody and you've passed into spirit and you want to meet them and they've they passed too, you, you send out your thoughts to them, they come and see you. So it's all done by thought waves and you can choose to be with the people that you want to be with. And the people that you don't want to see, they won't come and see you. They won't come and meet you.
0: I have that effect on people that are living, though. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? Oh, like oh, I'm
0: putting out an invite. You know, it's an open barbecue, and not a single oh. fucker turns up.
2: Oh, wow, wow, wow!
0: That's not true. That's loads of people. I've got loads of mates. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I'll have even more na- mates now that I can speak to Rufio. Oh. L- Louise, you have been absolutely fantastic. I've thoroughly enjoyed oh, listening to you. you, and I know I don't want to say I don't speak for you, Tom, because I'm going to allow you to speak. But I often don't let you speak, so I'm just going to not let you speak for now, and I'm going to speak <laughs> on your behalf. And I hazard a guess that Tom, I have we haven't converted you. Um, I think you're still a bit of a skeptic and a non-believer, which is fine. But I'd like to think that you still enjoyed listening to Louise and maybe got a little bit more of an insight or an understanding of
1: the other side? I would say that, that my favourite thing about doing this show with you, Joe, is that we get to meet amazing, fascinating people who we'd never otherwise meet. And Louise, you're definitely one of those people.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank Brilliant. You. Thank you so well, you much, have Louise. it been great. No, thank
0: you. No, no, you don't have to compliment we've been a shower of shit, honestly. The start <laughs> and... There was a couple of bits
1: in the middle that we were quite good.
2: <laughs> oh. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I don't know what to make of that one, Joe, because I didn't find myself convinced. Equally, I hate confrontation, so I found it quite hard putting an alternative point of view across. Possibly failed in my role on this show.
0: No, it's important to have light and shade. It's important to have both sides of the coin. It's important to have a tale of two halves. And last but not least, it is also very important... When we get a guest on, after everything they contribute, you don't turn around and go bullshit. So thank you for resisting that. No, I found it interesting, mate. I did find it interesting. Even if there are still a lot of question marks over some of the things. But, you know, who's, who's who's to say you've got as much proof that she can't talk to dead people than she has got proof that she can talk to dead people? Have I said that right?
1: That works for me, Joe. Well, if you're dead and you want to get in contact with me and Joe, please don't because it would freak the hell out of us. If you want to support the show, search for Joe Marler Show on Patreon. If you'd like another podcast to listen to, Death of a Film Star has just released a new episode about Marilyn Monroe. It was about Heath Ledger last week. Next week, it's Chadwick Boseman. Go and search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. Lovely. Who's on our next episode, please? So, on our next episode is a tree surgeon, a surgeon of the tree. Sap transfusions, bowel replacements. I don't know if they do any of those things, but we're about to find out. Oh, goody. Let's hope he doesn't sap the life out of us. <laughs> it's quite good.
2: Crowd Network, a place where you belong.
1: Hey, how you doing? My name is Elroy Spoonface Powell, Spoon the voice guy. And I just want to tell you about a new podcast called Death of a Film Star. It's from the makers of Death of a Rockstar, and it's really good. We've got episodes about Heath Ledger, Chadwick Boseman, Marilyn Monroe, and Robin Williams. You've seen them tell incredible stories. So now it's time for us to tell theirs. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. Honestly, do it now. It'll be worth it. Sports Social Podcast Network.